welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I'm your host, Courtney Hansen, author, creatrix, NLP coach, hypnotherapist, and Reiki master, yoga instructor, and meditation expert. As seen on Fox, CBS, NBC, and CEO Medium, I am here to guide you into the duality of life and step into the sweetest little life that is right in front of you by empowering you to heal, step into purpose, and become the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. Are you curious about your purpose? Have you been wondering about what direction you should take and are feeling a little lost? Book your very own intuitive reading session with Courtney Hansen, who will help you feel unstuck and give you the guidance that you need. Go to thesweetestlittlelife.com and schedule your private reading for a listener special of only $50 today. In today's episode, we have Christina back for part two of our Feng Shui series, and today we are talking all about the bedrooms. So your bedroom is a very sacred space where you spend a third of your life. When we really break it down, this is the place we manifest, the place we meditate, the place we call in all the goodness of what we are creating in our lives. So it should be set up in a very powerful way to bring things into us that continue to motivate us, continue to inspire us. So in today's episode, Christina is going to be breaking down step by step the do's and the don'ts of bedroom placement for your room as well as the kids. And then at the end, I have a little surprise for the audience. I'm super excited to announce an interactive Q&A that we are going to be hosting for you because feng shui is such a deep subject. So we really want to be able to have a wholesome view on the Bagua maps, on how to set up everything and how to make your space flow energetically custom to you. Without further ado, round two, here we go. Christina, welcome back to the show, part two, here we go. Hey, Courtney, I'm so excited to be here. So pumped. We had so many people reach out, and I cannot tell you the amount of people that are feng shuiing because of you, including me. Yay, how's it going? Oh, it's going, baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can do. You know, it's started learning feng shui I was taking so many notes and I literally just wanted to do everything at once but that can be a lot so you know just take your time and everything you do is going to make a difference so I'm excited for you yeah it's been huge you know last time when you were talking about taking just one section that you feel is lacking in your life and focusing on just that one section that's how I've been doing it and breaking it up in within the maps and it's been so beneficial Ooh, I love that. Yeah. So um, for all the listeners, when we were talking about the sections, we really talked about the Bagel map. And I really want to just remind people that when you go to ChristinaHollinger.com or if you visit me on Instagram, you can download the free Feng Shui 101 guide right away. And we're going to be probably referencing the Bagel map again, I'm sure, because it always comes up. But you can get a free Bagel map right away. And it just essentially, that's what drew me to Feng Shui is that you know, there's nine areas of life that correlate with different areas of your home. So if you're having struggles with finances or relationship or career, you can go to that area of your home and address it. So I'm super psyched that that was a beneficial piece of advice for you. Oh, it was amazing. Like life changing. Good. 
So today we are going to be diving in to bedroom spaces. And like you were saying last time, our cups have to be full in order to flow over. And we spend so much time in our room. So starting in the adult room, and if you have kids, we'll touch on kids' rooms too, but really focusing on your sacred space. Yeah. And Courtney, if you remember last time we were talking, I kind of used this analogy of when you're on the airplane, the stewardess comes around. And if you have small kids, she always reminds you that if for some reason you have to put on your oxygen mask, make sure that you put yours on before you help your children. Because we need, as adults, we need to be functioning at peak efficiency in order to really support our children the way that they need us. So that's why we're talking about your bedroom first, because you have to take care of yourself. Um, and so I'm glad that we're, we're discussing this. And as I shared with you also last time, when I first started feng shui in 2012, I really just started with my front door in my bedroom, because that's what Google told me to do <laughs> when I was an amateur. And you know, it's because you spend a third of your life in your room, you spend time there sleeping. And it's really this little manifesting incubator, really. And I personally had so much success just with feng shuiing my bedroom. I mean, my husband and I found out we were having our first baby, my husband got an advancement in his career. And we moved into our first house all within six months of feng shuiing our bedroom. So this is a really key, key spot to focus on. So I'm really glad you're giving, you know, giving your listeners this opportunity to just get this like mini masterclass on how to function your bedroom. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. You know, I'm going to get off and start doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get started. Um, really the most important thing is having your bed in the power position. And if you're not familiar with that, I'm just going to kind of explain it. Um, Basically, you want a solid headboard if possible. And the reason being is that this is what's going to support you. It's kind of like this analogy of the universe has your back and it's a mountain behind you. So it could be a wood headboard. It could be fabric. But, um, you know, ideally it's solid. And I personally had a metal frame on my bed prior to learning about feng shui. And a metal frame is really, that's a conductor of energy. So it's only really good if you're like psychic or clairvoyant and you want to be like more intuitive in that way. Um, so I just recommend, like, I never like to tell people to go out and buy something, but if that, if you are in the market for a new bed frame, or if you just don't have one and you're willing to prioritize feng shui in your life, that would be the really only thing that I would really emphasize is very important to invest in. <laughs> Perfect. And so okay. no like canopies, anything like that, unless you're focusing on more of the clairvoyant side of things, just really simple, solid. Yep. Simple, solid headboard. And I mean, you'd be surprised how many clients I, I work with that just don't even have a headboard. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that's pretty common. So it's just really good to have. Now, if you don't have a headboard, the second best thing, and I would still recommend this for if you do have a headboard, is to place your bed in the power position. You would ideally want your bed against a like the headboard area to be along a solid wall if possible. And when you, so like imagine when you walk into your bedroom, your bed 
is going to be on a solid wall and it's not directly in line with the door, but you want to be able to see the door from where your bed is. Did I lose you there? <laughs> no, I'm like thinking, I'm like, okay, so far I'm good. I've got this and already. Oh, beautiful. So that was probably a very intuitive move on your part. Um, you know, if you're single, sometimes this, actually I spent my, the first 25 years of my life pushing my bed against the wall. So it was only accessible from one side. To me, I felt like, oh, it makes the room feel bigger. You know, I have all this space now in my bedroom if I just push my bed against the wall. And actually that in feng shui, that kind of symbolizes cutting off someone's energy. It's not allowing um, a partnership or a flourishing relationship. So if you would like to have a partner or have a relationship that's 50-50, in an ideal world, you would have the bed accessible from both sides. That makes sense. And you know what? I will not to dip into the child's room, but I also have my children's bedroom. Like their beds are also in the power position as well, because it's just, um, it's also to help, it's more conducive for energy flow. So when you're laying in your bed at night, the energy circulates around you. So if you can almost imagine you're laying in your bed, the energy goes above your head and then it goes around your bed, under your bed, which is why we also recommend that having clutter and it continues to circulate in that fashion around you. So if your bed is pushed against the wall, it's blocking the energy from circulating. If you have clutter under your bed, it's blocking the energy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's really just this, having your bed in the power position is going to make you more of a magnet for what you desire because you will have a more restful and rejuvenating night's sleep, which when your energy is up, you are a magnet for what you desire. So that's really how it kind of all comes together. Um, if you have like um, drawers underneath your bed. And I guess this kind of can go for children's furniture. I just see this a lot with kids furniture. There's drawers. You want to make sure that you just have like, you know, not a lot of like toys or anything under the bed. It would just be like maybe some like light sheets or extra blankets that are just nothing that's like super heavy because again, we really want that flow. Um, so that would be my biggest thing about the master bedroom is making sure you're putting it in the power position. If you have windows behind you, then, you know, just draw the curtains at night. And I also want to share when I first started to feng shui my, my bedroom, I almost invested in only one nightstand because our room wasn't really that big. And at the time we didn't have that much money. So I was like, I don't really want to. I want to save a few hundred bucks, you know, and I'm just going to get one nightstand. Well, the more I looked into feng shui, it is so important to have two nightstands so that both partners in the relationship feel equal. And if you um, aren't in a relationship, it would still highly recommended to have two nightstands so that you could welcome a partner in if that is what you desire in your life. That is amazing. I love how it ties so closely with manifestations. I never really put the two and two together before, but it makes complete sense because they're all the same underlying foundation. Oh yeah. I'm a bit, I'm big into manifesting. I love feng shui really because of the 
design aspect. I love getting creative ideas on what shapes and colors to use, which we talked about in the first episode. And, you know, the second reason why I love it so much is because it, when your environment flows, then your life flows and opportunities flow into your life and helpful people and connections flow into your life. And it's incredible. Um, So I'm so glad that you like that aspect of it. Um, I really wanted to share this little mini side story is I did have a client, her and her husband lived in a gorgeous home in the South Loop of Chicago. um, And they had this beautiful, um, beautiful bedroom with a gorgeous bed set and only one nightstand. And it was just so interesting because even practicality wise, like they like fought over who got the nightstand. One of the, you know, one of them felt left out because they couldn't put their, you know, watch on the nightstand at night or whatever. So, you know, sometimes feng shui, even though it's, there's these like, quote unquote rules, it's like, it's also very practical too, sometimes when you really think about it. Yeah, it makes total sense. (laughs) When So when I was a single mom too, I used to always, I don't know what my thing was. I had this pattern of putting my bed on the same wall that the door was on. And I don't, it like was a safety thing. Like I felt like if I was closer to the door, I'd be able to see like who came in or what. I don't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but it also would disturb my sleep at night. Anytime that like I would have the window open and the door would fly or something, I would have a like mini stroke in the middle of my sleep. And it was like, (laughs) I was constantly on guard. So having it on a solid wall where you have clear vision to the board to the door without having to look sideways or over your shoulder makes total sense. I can really see the practicality in all of that as well you know it's so interesting because essentially what you described is the why behind it I mean that is exactly what it is the idea behind putting your bed in the power position and you know not to dip in again to another space but this is the same theory of the power position of your desk it's all about you don't want to get scared or startled and your body it's neuroscience too your body just feels more at ease when you can see the entrance of the room or the entrance of, yeah, the entrance of the room essentially or the door. Yeah. So it's the same thing when you're at work or even if you're working at your kitchen table, if you want, if you can position yourself with what they call a mountain behind you, like a solid wall, and you can see the entrance and who's coming and going, then that's really going to give you the most energetic support. It's going to give you the most confidence, clarity, peace of mind. And then what does that turn into? It turns into, again, opportunities, abundance, and more prosperity. So it's all connected. So power positions, the main thing I really wanted to cover with the bedroom, um, the nightstands is, is a big one. And also lights, you know, having a light on either side, they don't have to be matchy matchy. I understand if you have an eclectic taste and, you know, that's what I say about feng shui is you can, you can change The style is you can make it your own. I love giving feng shui advice and then seeing my clients actually put it in their own context. It's so much fun. So if you don't like matching lamps, you can, you know, get two lamps that are about equal size, again, to promote that equality in the relationship. When you're having, if you're having trouble with your partner seeing eye to eye, what I like to do, a little feng shui adjustment that's super simple, is just turning the light on on both sides of the bed. And it just kind of 
you know, oh. it, it lights you both up and it helps you both see things eye to eye. I mean, again, feng shui is all about intention. So it's just like a little thing that you can do to set your intention. I love um, that. To see eye to eye with your partner. Yeah. Now let's talk about, you know, colors for the bedroom. Um, in general, the bedroom is this place for rest, romance, rejuvenation. Um, if you would like to feel a little bit more of a spark and passion with your partner, then it's really encouraged to, well, first of all, in general for that rest piece would just be, you know, these neutral, almost like skin tones. So you can think of, you know, um, beiges and, and deep browns or, you know, whatever color palette you can think of, just kind of more neutral color tones and creams and beiges, like I think I already said that. Um, but you can also go with um, some like blush pink or rose quartz colors to sort of soften it. Rose quartz is the color of unconditional love. And if you want to add some passion, you can add a little fire element, which would be, you know, a little bit of red or some some animal prints, or even I love this one. It's so simple, but like two candles of equal size to burn the flame for both of you and to sort of represent once again, seeing eye to eye and also just igniting the love, the flame of love, let's call it for each other. I love that. So is there an element for the room? I know I'm skipping or is there, is, oh, so no. would it be fire or can you use the Bagua map within the room? That's a great question. So for those of you who tuned in last time, you know, we talked about how the Bagua map can be laid on your entire floor plan. Um, just for to keep this like simple for you, uh, I would like to just say that you can actually lay the Bagua map just on your bedroom. And, you know, you can activate the different elements in your bedroom at different places. Um, for me personally, when I think about my bedroom in the overall floor plan, my bedroom is in the far back right area of our home, which is the relationship area. So that's activated by the earth element and it's also supported by fire. So I have kept that in mind with our bedroom. Um, but I would also say there's just like, there are some elements in the bedroom that you kind of want to avoid in general. So you might want to avoid a lot of water elements because water represents emotion. Oh. So like yeah, blues, um, a lot of wavy or paisley shapes, just like not too much of it is all I'm saying. Um, as far as, um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I'm, I like lost my train of thought, but. Um, <laughs> It'll come mid-sentence. <laughs> mid it will. Well, there's, there's like a couple of things, you know, to avoid in the bedroom. Let's go there. You know, I, I don't like to be this person that's like, don't do this, 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 or this, and like be really regimented about feng shui. But when it comes to the bedroom, there are some, you know, suggestions that you'll hear a lot. And I just want to give the listeners an idea of what to avoid in the bedroom and explain why. And then you can choose if you want to avoid those things or not. So one thing to avoid in the bedroom, this can be controversial, would be the TV. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people have a TV in their bedroom and it's so funny because my teacher who taught me feng shui at the feng shui school of Chicago, I love her so much, but it was so funny because I went to her house and she had a TV in her bedroom, but you know what the trick is. 
So the, the idea is that there's, a, you know, electromagnetic radiation and that kind of disturbs your sleep. Um, there's this theory that it, it brings a third party into the bedroom. So, you know, all these things to be said, like if you love your TV in your bedroom, what I would recommend is covering it up at night with like a scarf or something like that. Or if you have the means to get an actual TV stand that you can cover at night and close the doors, that solves it right there. So if you put the, the TV in a piece of furniture, that would solve it. Um, another thing to avoid in the bedroom is a lot of plants. I actually have a plant in our bedroom, and this kind of goes along with your question again. If I were to lay the bagel map on my bedroom, when you walk into the bedroom, the far right area is the relationship area of your bedroom. Well, that's activated by the earth element. So, you know, for those of you who missed the first episode, the earth element is represented, all elements are represented in three ways, by shape, color, or the actual element itself. Well, the shape of earth is square, the color would be yellows or sand tones, and then the actual element would be an example would be like flowers or plants. So I do have a plant in the relationship area of our bedroom because it activates it with that with that earth element. Um, but you know, a lot of plants, plants are lively, yang energy. And it's okay to have a little yang energy in your bedroom, but because the ultimate goals for rest and rejuvenation, you just don't want a ton of them. That's all. Mm. Everything it everything in moderation. That makes total sense. Yes. Um, okay. And I wanted to mention like maybe two more things just to avoid in the bedroom for sure. Um, one other thing would be a fan above your bed or something like a big heavy chandelier above your bed, which I know that's gorgeous. Um, but let's talk about the fan because it's not the end of the world. And I actually shared this on my Instagram on a reel and a lot of people responded I know it sounds, uh, you know, feng shui, I guess, can sound quote unquote woo woo, but it is what it is. It's energy work. And I only teach what I learned from Professor Thomas Linyo. And this is an ancient, ancient practice. So I'm just passing this on that if you have a fan above your bed, what you can do, here's the energetic cure for it, is you would get a red pen and place a red dot on the top of each blade. And that is supposed to stop the cutting of the energy. So oh. just, a little, just sharing that. So you don't have to take out all of your fans if you don't want to. Um, red is the most energetic color in feng shui. So it can stop things and it can also enhance things. But in this case, it would stop the blades from cutting the energy above your head. Okay, I need to do that. I feel like if I took the fan out of my room, my husband may divorce me. Uh, well, we don't want that. As I'm bundled <laughs> so in 80 pen. blankets at night. That is amazing and makes so much like amazing sense too. But if you think about it, just normal architecture, almost every house has a fan in the bedroom right in the smack center of the bedroom. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, funny enough, our house that we live in now had fans in every room. And then we had an electrician come in and and I replaced it with like lights that I thought were pretty. And he was like, wow, most people have become and put fans in to, ro to rooms, not take them out. And I'm like, I know. Uh, it's just kind of a funny thing that I, you know, I took the fans out personally, but I also live in like Chicago land, which it's not that hot here usually. Whereas yes. I don't think you could handle taking them out. <laughs> 
No, yeah, I, we may die here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, oh, this is the other one. I'm so glad it came back to me because I knew I had another one to share. It's pretty common for me to go into a client's bedroom and see pictures of family or friends, especially their kids in the bedroom. And in feng shui, they would recommend not having pictures of anyone except for you and your spouse or you and your partner, um, just because that's representing your sacred partnership and relationship. And it's even recommended like to have happy pictures of you. So like the wedding picture is a great one because if you're married, just because uh, a bride and groom have the highest energy. Um, but then it's also recommended to have recent photos if possible, just to kind of keep you in the present moment. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. I was reading this article. I don't know. It must've been, I think it was like three or four years ago. It was whenever I, cause I took all electronics out of my bedroom. Just personally, I could tell a difference with my sleep, with everything. I was staying up late at night watching, like binge watching Netflix. I'm like, what am I doing? So <laughs> I took it out and it's been amazing. Like now I go to bed, I meditate, I sleep, like it's my sacred space. But I was reading this article about pictures of your kids because I was like, oh, you know, you have to have kids, your kids all throughout your house. And I had my kids all over my bedroom at my old house. And it was like, really, the, the person who wrote it was very raw and very real. And the way they broke it down, I, I was, but it was so true and it made so much sense. It was like, that is your space with your spouse. And so if you are, you know, making love and you look up and you see a picture of your child, like that's probably going to kill the mood. Right. And so <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that is so accurate. Or you look up or you see, and you see a picture of your mom on the, you know, electric photo frame or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. That just ruined that moment for me. Ah. Absolutely. So again, kind of back to that practical piece of, you know, feng shui, this is this practical thing. And, you know, in feng shui, we believe that everything has energy, even inanimate objects. So, you know, you're bringing in energy through a picture of someone in your relationship. So you just don't want other people meddling in your business. So yes. just keep it out of your bedroom and, you know, keep your children's pictures and other faces but it, you know what's funny is going into kids rooms is I have pictures of my husband and I with my kids in their bedroom so I guess I let my energy into their space <laughs> but I think that kids also I think kids want to see their mom and dad I think kids want to see their brothers and sisters in their bedroom if you have a couple pictures I don't think it's a bad thing you know yes it, it, it makes sense in the kids' rooms, but in the adult room, like, I could totally see it. It's just, like the whole picture came to me. I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yes. So anyway, do you have any, you know, burning questions? You know, I also feel called to say one more thing about the bedroom, and then we can go into kids' rooms, I think, if, if you're ready for that. Yeah. But, um, there's, you know, there's so much about the bedroom. In fact, I think, you know, I'm like affiliate with the Astro Twins. They're the astrologers of Elle magazine and they have a home reset class, like digital course, which is amazing. And it's um, basically, they talk about the bedroom with Kate McKinnon, who's a feng shui expert. She's wonderful. And that is the longest course. I think it's like an hour lesson versus like the front entrance, which is 20 minutes. But again, that just kind of gives you an idea of how long we could really spend on talking about the bedroom because there's so much. But what I felt called to tell you is just that like, 
you know, open the shades during the day to let light in. I, you know, I don't want to assume that people do that because I've seen people who don't always like open their shades. And I just want to remind your listeners that it's so easy. Something as simple as letting sunshine into a room every day is going to elevate the chi and it's going to just boost. It's a mood booster. And it's when your mood is boosted, when you're feeling good, that's when you're, again, I'm going to say it, a magnet for what you desire. So yeah. open your shades when you're not, you know, when you wake up and just make that a part of your routine. Oh, I love that. So much good stuff. And also I'll leave it open um, for questions too. So if the audience has any questions, you guys can always reach out and we can answer any of them from Christina directly. Yes. Thank you for doing that. I would love to answer any questions in real, you know, in real time or Yay! I say we could maybe we do like an IG vibe or something. I haven't done oh one of those in a while. Oh my gosh. That would be so much fun. That's what we should do. Then it can yeah, be just open. Yes. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Cause there is okay. so much, I mean, and you never know like what someone is drawn to versus what someone else is when we're generalizing it like this. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, there's a lot to it. So I get it. It was funny. I was just listening. Well, I won't, I did another podcast interview and I thought it was, you know, I, I feel like feng shui is so simple and I just explain it and then their heads were totally spinning. I was like, Oh, sorry, everybody. So I understand that there's a lot to it. And I just I could talk about this stuff all day. So I feel like a follow up IG live might be really fun. Yes, I'm gonna say (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Okay, plan B. We're doing that instead. (laughs) All right, cool. So let's talk about do you want to talk a little bit about the talk a little bit about the kids room? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. And you know, because I know we're we have a short amount of time and you know, please forgive me. It is still Mercury retrograde during this recording. And that messes with communication, technology. I'm actually surprised that nothing's, you know, broke down yet, but all right, here we go. Um, The kids room, the main thing I want to highlight about the kids room is that, you know, it is about them. So as soon as they start to show interest in picking out decor, we really want to, um, to honor that and to let them be seen in the space. We kind of touched upon this idea of like having a picture of them in their room. Like this is a great place for them to have some artwork, to have their pictures so they can be seen and they can start to really develop and, and we can foster their individual personalities. Ideally in a kid's room, you know, they tend to like brighter colors like blue or pink or green and Color is a beautiful thing, um, but it doesn't always lend itself to rest and rejuvenation. And we still need our kids to feel rest and rejuvenated. So ideally, you know, you would have some muted colors. So they're a little bit, they're not super bright. My daughter personally right now, she does have a pretty bright pink wall, but it's like a feature wall of pink. And then all surrounding it is like this like soft, creamy white to sort of balance it out. Um, So that would be a recommendation is just to kind of have some muted color tones. Kids love fun patterns. And so I of course encourage that because it's playful. Um, But again, balancing that out. So like if you have a really patterned fun blanket, you know, or, or comforter, 
then just to kind of just be mindful that you're just not doing also like a huge patterned wallpaper wall as well. Like pick and choose where you want to have your focal point. If it's going to be on the bedspread, great. If you want to have some pattern on the wall, great. But then just be mindful that everything else is kind of toned down so that children don't feel too overstimulated. If you're in a playroom, that's a totally another story. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny. So my daughter is obsessed with Frozen. So I was like, I am not buying some bright ass Disney Elsa bedding. Like I hard no for me. And so we were looking and I found something that was like super muted, had all neutral tones, but had like aspects of Frozen into it. Um, but very like you wouldn't know unless you like examined the bedspread. But that was huge for me to find those neutral tones in her room because it was like she's very like exuberant and bright and bubbly and sparkly. And so I was like, okay, we need to figure out a way because my son, my youngest too share a room. And so I was like, I need to find some way to combine these colors that will work because boy and girl and they're both polar opposite personalities. Mm-hmm. So incorporating both of those together what are your suggestions? Because I know there's a lot of kiddos that share rooms. So bringing two strong personalities in one space, how do you do that? That's a good question. And same thing if you have, you know, a couple's bedroom, it's kind of similar. But um, I really want to, I want to compliment you on that bedspread because I totally saw it on your Instagram when you posted it. And I love that. I really, really love the, the bedspread. So I did see it. I could visualize it right now. Yay. Um, I know. I was like, yeah. we're not going bright pink Elsa, Audrey. <laughs> Feng Shui approved. So again, like, here's the thing. The bedroom is not a multi- I know for many people, especially when there was this pandemic, it was a multi-purpose room where kids were having to study or have their computers and, and, and their homework space was in their bedroom. And then there's also, you know, kids have toys in the bedroom. And I understand that that's a thing, but you know, the less you have in the bedroom, as far as toys and all of this extracurricular stuff, the less there has to be compromise between the two, because it's like, you know, really you have books for the kids to read before bed. And, you know, if you have toys, ideally you would put them in bins or some, you know, some type of acute packaging where it's like, you can close it up for the night. So it's not just out there because again, these toys being out in the wide open, it just, it kind of sends this mixed mixed message of it's time to play when really we do want the bedroom for everyone, including our children to be a space for them to calm down and to relax. So um, that would kind of be my first thing is that if you have another place for them to like have some of their bigger toys where they're gonna be playing to really encourage play outside of the bedroom. Um, And then secondly, if they, have desks for studying or thing. How old are your kids actually? So they are 10, six and two. Okay. So the 10 and six year old share a bedroom. No, this, the six and two year old share a bedroom. Okay. So yeah, that is a little bit different, isn't it? Because yeah. there are different developmental phases as well. Major. Is your two year old in a, a regular crib still? No. Okay. So you know what I just did? I just sold his crib actually yesterday. 
because I found these amazing, um, cause my daughter has this like big old metal canopy thing and they swing on it and it breaks and I yell and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm at this phase in my life where I'm just eliminating any problems. And so I'm like, okay, the canopy goes bye-bye. And it's been a hot mess since we got it. But I found these like little wood teepee ones from this place called Coco Village. And they're like, they look like little teepees. They're just so simple, but they lay on the floor and they have all different designs and stuff. But they have ones that are like little mini bunk beds for both of them. Oh. And so I'm like, okay, well, this might work. And then Tristan could be on the floor in a big boy mattress so he's not like falling out of bed, you know. I love that. You know, I was going to ask you then if, if, if he has he slept a night without his crib already? Like, how's this going? Because yeah, this in my bed. For people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I, okay, so confession from a feng shui expert, right? Like, my son, we transitioned him to a big boy bed. Be, we skipped the toddler bed because my daughter who did That's the toddler what we're doing. bed yeah. slept in it for one night and then she was on the floor in a sleeping bag on the floor in our room for basically a year. So I don't know if feng shui advice to like help with this transition. I seriously don't. My son is in the power position. His bed's in the power position. He has two nightstands. He's got a solid wall behind him. But he just always wants me to fall asleep with him or else he gets scared. And, you know, that's just where we are right now. It's just, like, so hard to um, to break that. I don't know. So I'm kind of, like, in this re- really weird limbo. And to be honest, I mean, feng shui-wise for kids' beds, it's, like, I just recommend the power position because that's what I know is the best practice yes. for feng shui. Um, I would – I would personally avoid a bunk bed because I don't think that that, you know, if you kind of read about that, the person on the bottom bunk might not sleep as well because they have this huge piece of furniture above them. And then the person on the top might not feel grounded, but I also know that they're super fun and my kids love them when we go to the beach on vacation, all the beach (laughs) houses have bunk beds and they're fighting over the top bunk. So, you know, um, I think with feng shui, the biggest thing is you just have to also go with your instincts. You have to, you can know what's recommended, but then you also have to go with what feels right for you. And I only give suggestions based on the ancient wisdom that I have been taught. And I feel like it's my responsibility to share what is energetically suggested and best practice with feng shui. But I also believe that it's ultimately up to the client to really decide for themselves what they want to take and what works for them and what doesn't work because, you know, that's modern feng shui. And I think we have to be flexible. And I think your intuition is going to always lead you to the best thing. So I hope I, by the way, I didn't mean to skirt around your question of like how to balance the two, you know, likes and dislikes. I hope I addressed that a little bit. No, you totally did. Okay. Yeah, no, that made perfect sense. And I love that you brought up the power position for the kids' rooms because I see all the time in pictures that kids' beds are pushed up against the walls and then the room itself is covered in toys and that's their play space because they don't want toys in the main living area, which I get. But what you were saying makes so much sense on why kids can't calm down or why – and you hear this all the time from mamas saying like – my kid won't wind down. They won't do this. They won't do that. And it's because like we have set them up with this essential playroom in a space where it's supposed to be relaxing and for them to rejuvenate. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're limited on space, you know, you just have to be creative with your shelving so that you can cover it up. That's the key. If you have to have a desk in the room, have it so that you can cover it up or, you know, shut everything down. And, you know, the whole idea of the power position goes back to that whole idea of the energy circulates around you at night and that, you know, we still want that energy circulating around our children at night as well in the, in, in the most productive way. So, you know, and I understand, you know, I've gotten a lot of comments from, from clients or just even just followers who have said like, hey, well, I don't have space to put my bed in the power position. And I completely respect that. And I understand, like, I didn't always have the space to put my bed in the power position either. So if you can play around with it, great, do your best. And if you can't do it, like we have to do the best with what we what we have and work with what we have. Um, and so just get creative. And, you know, if you're listening to this now, you're obviously open-minded to improving the energy of your home to become a magnet for what you desire. And you can always reach out to me and, and you can join us on our IG live and we can go deeper because I know there's a lot to this practice. Oh my gosh. And I have one more thing to share with you before we go. Yes. <laughs> because I have all these things. Again, I don't like to be the, the, you know, the no police and be like, <laughs> you can't do this in your bedroom. But I want to also share it wouldn't be right for me to be a feng shui expert and not share this, that um, in general, you know, they don't recommend having mirrors in your bedroom. Now, this is a very general statement, but um, if a mirror is facing you directly, like right across from your bed, that is probably not the best thing, the, not the best scenario in general, if you're not sleeping well, because mirrors, again, there's that, it's that water energy. So it's that, it's, kind of a little bit encourages movement and emotion and things like that. So um, if you read about mirrors in the bedroom, uh, after you listen to this podcast, you'll probably find a lot of, you know, everyone's going straight to echoing that. Yeah. (laughs) So I just want to share that, that that's just something to think about. And if you have a mirror in your bedroom, which many people do, um, there sometimes there is good placement for it, but it's a little too complicated to get into right now. But you can um, cover up the mirror in your bedroom with like just a scarf or something if you're not sleeping well through the night. So if you have a fan above your bed and you haven't been sleeping well, try the the red dots above the blades where no one can see the dots, but it'll stop the chi from uh, getting cut. And then if you haven't been sleeping well, try covering up your mirror at night and that might also help as well amazing oh my gosh I love that you brought up mirrors because that is definitely like the first thing that pops up every time you look at something is and then you get scared to put mirrors anywhere in your house I know we could literally do a whole segment on just about mirrors because they can be amazing abundance magnifiers so for example you know your dining room represents the abundance in your household and if you don't have a dining room table then your kitchen table represents the abundance. And what is really recommended in feng shui is to put a mirror facing your dining room table, or again, if you don't have that, your kitchen table. And what it's going to do is it's going to magnify your abundance and money and wealth exponentially. And that's a beautiful way to use a mirror. So you don't want to be afraid of mirrors in that scenario. But then there's other aspects when it can be mirrors are so powerful. So they could be used for really good things as well. But that's like another 
class that we can touch upon. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. There's just, it's really like a never ending amount of knowledge, whatever you want to know, you can just dive so deep into. Mm -hmm. But it's so much fun. And I mean, I told you, I've been doing this now for 10 years and I just feel like it's been this ever expansive journey ever since I started feng shui. And the reason I got certified in it, the reason why I wrote my book, Teaching from the Heart with Feng Shui, Inspired Living for Teachers, Parents, and Kids, is because I want to share this with everyone. I, I, I went through my life feeling this lack mindset. I went through my life, you know, I grew up in, you know, a lower middle class family and it was, it was fine. But I also grew up with a lot of fear around money and, you know, just didn't, uh, I struggled a lot. Let's just put it that way in my twenties, um, being a new fresh out of college. And once I discovered feng shui, I just really had this expansive mindset and life started to flow and feel so much less stressful. And ultimately I was able to just expand into my life purpose, which feels really good. Like when you're living on purpose, it feels really good. So I feel like feng shui can help anybody to navigate and open up doors and windows that weren't there before. It expands your perception. So for me to find out this knowledge and learn about this practice that's been around for thousands of years and to keep it to myself just didn't feel right. So that's essentially why I do it. (laughs) So thanks for letting me share it with your listeners again. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you're amazing. I could literally pick your brain for hours. There's just so, so much into it. And the fact like your passion just pours over and I love it. Oh, thanks, Courtney. Well, I appreciate you letting me talk about it. It's definitely, yes. uh, it's definitely my passion. So, yes. I mean, it's like someone pulled a plug or else this is going to be a two-hour episode. Oh, my gosh. you want that. <laughs> and then we will um, definitely, I'll reach out about doing an IG live. And so I will keep everyone posted on when we do that. And then you can just ask questions live directly. I think that's a great way for connection and we can all learn together. That sounds so amazing. All right. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all the listeners who came back for round two. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for coming back again. And we will talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. She is so amazing. Every single time I talk to her, I walk away feeling so inspired. And I hope you are feeling the same way after listening to all of that knowledge about bedroom feng shui. So the IGTV live, we are going to be setting up. We will have a date by the end of this week and I will announce on my Instagram at the sweetest little life. You can ask your questions live as we all feng shui together. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave a comment of any questions you would like answered in future episodes. I am so excited to be involving everyone in the audience and answering your specific questions each episode with the guests that can answer it best. Love you guys all so much. Love and light.